Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And as we continue through these uh, preseason team uh, kind of podcasts, Today we'll have a look at the Gold Coast and the Geelong Cats. Not in that order, though, in the other way around. Um, but before we get stuck into the cause, we're going to listen to see this up on social media. Uh, find us on Twitter, at SC Elites, um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook, at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on the website at www.supercoachelites.com. Um, yeah, pretty exciting episode today, I think. Both, I mean, we've got a bit of value with the Gold Coast Suns, hopefully, coming up. Um, Geelong, as always, got some good primos sitting there. Uh, it's good to be back, Bombs. We had the... Man, we've been pretty jam-packed with podcasting last week. It's finding some time. Had the super Megalodon episode with the boys over at Insider last week as well. It's uh, yeah, been pretty hectic. One of the most failed podcasts I've uh, ever been a part of was the one there with the insiders. Just uh, put to, they put us, you know, two elitists together with the two blokes that really knew absolutely nothing. Thought running bounces actually equated to points. Could you believe that, Corey? Jesus. Um, but anyways, uh, let's let's get going and uh, let's do what we do here and, and have a look at some um, big calls, mid prices, rookies, and um, pre-mates. Pretty stiff because it was a good pod in the end. Yeah, it, it was a good pod though, yeah, and it was a lot of fun though. It yeah, it was. Good. It was heaps of fun. All right, let's just kick straight off into things with uh, the rookies or cash cows for Geelong. I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, bombs. But wow. let's go with it anyway. I'll, I'm I'm going to go with Darcy Ford, and I don't I don't see how I could go with anyone else considering I'm uh, looking very hardly at uh, the Fornox uh, Shane Mumford and Darcy Ford. So we've got 117k here, Ruckman who. Um, in the in the twos or in the sand pool last year was actually the number one ranked ruckman for disposals, contested possessions, and clearances. Um, so we all know that all three of those categories, plus hit outs and all that sort of work, um, is absolutely super coach gold. So he was ranked third in the league for overall hit outs and fourth for hit outs to advantage as well. And um, he kicks multiple games in four out of 13 games as well. So has the ability to push forward and maybe provide a little bit of support to Tom Hawkins, should they elect to go this way? But um, I think here we've got an absolute gem in our hands providing uh, he's selected round one. He's 25 years of age. He'll be 26 at some stage this year, 204 centimetres and sits at kind of right on 100 kegs. Um, now, in 2015, this bloke only ranked, uh, sorry, he only averaged 41 points per game. Now, he has tripled that average, literally tripled it in the last three years to average 123 last year. So, I think given if he's selected in round one, um, look, whether you're running the Fornox or not, he's an absolute must-have player on your pine. Would be pretty handy if we get the big fort early. Um, yeah, mighty helpful. I've gone with Charlie Constable. Um, bit of a left field one. I remember writing a bit about him last year in Round the Grounds. Um, dominated. He just hit the ground running in the VFL. I mean, he opened his first game in the VFR with a 31 disposals, 11 score involvement, 7 clearance. 
like that's just crazy numbers for a kid. He was what eighteen, turning nineteen years old. Um, ranked elite for marks, score assist, handballs, and disposal efficiency as well. Um, and yeah, I, I can't say enough of the kid. I think I think it's about time that. Geelong will be looking to bleed some new players as well throughout the season. He may not get the debut round one, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that we'll see uh, a bit of Charlie Constable throughout the year. Love, I think he can go behind the ball. Excellent kick. Uh, use it there and probably run through the guts as well. He's uh, he's a bit of a contested nut too, Charlie Constable. 191 centimetres, 86 kegs. He's one that I definitely think will get a go at at some stage this season. Bombs, you mid pricer. Well, my mid-pricer. Now, look, I, I would have liked to have said uh, someone like Nakia Cockatoo and just absolutely shut that down for everyone, even though he might even be rookie-priced. But I the army is injured. Something. Yeah, yeah. And I am so glad that he is injured, Corey, because it means that all those peanuts out there that were looking to pick him up are actually, they might do something half-decent with that selection now on their team. So absolutely stoked to hear about that injury. <laughs> um, well, look, you know, hopefully it just keeps him out round one and he can play round two. It just Hopefully just prevents people from picking him up. The guy I'll have a look at, though, is uh, Brandon Parfit. And the reason I'll do this is because there's been a, a couple inboxes to the page saying, can you speak about Brandon Parfit? And to be honest, Corey, I don't really want to, but I will. Um, and what I'll say is this: He's increased his average from 53 to 78 in the last um, in the last couple of years. And look, we know he's going to kind of he's put on a lot of size. So I think what we're going to see is maybe a little push up the ground with all these forward line players have recruited as well. You know, your Gary Rowan, your um, your Luke Dalhouse. We know Applet's going to play in the forward line too. The positions in the forward line are becoming a lot more limited. So we should see him push up the ground, but I don't expect to see his average kind of push up around that kind of premium uh, kind of average, around 95-plus. Um, I think at best he's kind of going to do about 90. And again, this is someone who's um, had injury concerns. He hasn't played a full season in his first two years. Uh, injuries in both years, keeping him to 15 and 19 games um, in 2017-2018. In so although he uh, is quite talented, he's in his third year. That's kind of like the breakout year, the third or fourth year for players. Um I'm not seeing that happening from uh, Brandon Parfit. Yeah, I don't think I can see him taking it to the next level and being a top 10 forward this season. Um, the one I'm going to do is Luke Dalhouse. Um, he's been there before. He's finished in the top 10 um, forwards twice in the last four years, even though at the backer end of those four years. Um, he's... Yeah, got the numbers on the board a couple of years ago, 92, 104 average, 97, 90, and then last year with a dismal 77 before the uh, the Cats went and picked him up. But loves forward pressure, which is what Geelong need. They need players in that forward line who will lock it in, make sure it won't get out, um, and definitely will get a go. He'll get a couple of stints through the midfield as well. I see a lot of rotation happening at Geelong this year. With that kind of, you know, we talk about the the triangles or the diamonds, etc. Um, I think uh, I think Dalhouse is going to find some good football, and I'm not going to take the risk on him. But I think there's worse options out there. But again, the Cats provide so many good mid forward options. You know, Kelly, Menengola, Dalhouse, <laughs> Parfit, like. They can't all come out and just absolutely shine. And then you mentioned names like Salwood, Duncan, um, Hawkins. There's a lot of points down at Geelong. Um, Dangerfield? You probably missed the biggest uh, one there. Oh, I'd probably have to say he's <laughs> honest. Yeah, um, true that. I know he's scoring 130 every week. So, 
Yeah, yep. There's riskier options out there. I, for me, it's kind of almost avoid any mid prices from Geelong at all costs. But I think they're the two that we'd go with. Primos, probably no need to talk about Paddy D. Well, Paddy D is the, the one that we can't speak about because it would, well, we'd just be wasting time, I think, because every team should already have him in. Where would you go? Well, aside from danger, I, I would have, a, I'm quite interested in having a look at um, Joel Selwood. And it's a name that's, well, you think about sort of top 10, he probably doesn't feature a lot. But I'll tell you what he would feature in a lot of top 15s. His averages over his entire career is absolutely phenomenal. You know, he's got a career average of 108.4. Um, it's, it's incredible. He had 77 in his first year, which was his lowest average. His second lowest came in his second year, which was 98. And every year since then, he has gone over either it's 102 or over. It's, it's something incredible. Only 102 and 105 in the last couple of years, which... Hasn't set the world on fire, but the bloke plays games. In the last, what's that, six, I think it's six years, he's only missed six games, and four of those seasons he's played all 22. So <laughs> this is a very, very durable player who will score you over 100. And when you look at players like Merritt, Dusty, Bont, Matt Crouch, all kind of hovering around that kind of 550 mark, you can start to throw Joel Selwood's name into there because this is someone who has averaged 120 before, has averaged 110-plus consistently in his career, and in the last 10 years has only gone underneath 110 on three occasions. Um, so this is a guy who knows how to score points, and 560 value, uh, sorry, 560K could present uh, a fair bit of value there. Yeah, absolute pod too. There's probably not going to be too many teams that are picking him up. Um, thank you for leaving my man out there. No, yeah. um, <laughs> I knew you wanted him. It's going to rack off some numbers. Uh, ranks above average for pressure points and tackles. Ranks elite at finding space, gaining territory, and tackle efficiency. Is ranked the number two. Uh, is ranked second at Geelong for consistency of disposals. Ranked second at Geelong um, for best player and twenty-six in the AFL on the Champion Data Point system. Ranks elite for positions. Uh, for his, sorry, ranks elite for his position. Um, ranks third amongst mid-forwards in the competition and ranks in the top two mid-forwards for marks, uncontested possession, metres game and score involvements per game. And this is Sammy Menengola. There is... I'm going to say it again because I love this in my throwaway line. There is no way I'm going into the season without starting it. Um, Supercoach averages over the last three years. 2016, 99.3 off six games, albeit. 2017, 100.4 off 19. 2018, 100 flat off 22 games. He's just uber consistent. Um, There are a couple of, you know, 70s and things like that in his scoring um, credentials. But the thing... It's no different to any other mid-forward or any other forward in the game, really. The thing that I love about him is the 130s that follow. Um, I think it's he's going to benefit a little bit from um, Ablett going forward. But he's just... He's so consistent on a season average that I think it's it's too hard to pass up on. Um, bit of a pot at the moment. I think he's only in 4% of teams as we currently sit right now. I, I'm just staggered that more people aren't having a look at Menangola. I think it's the Cali factor. Um, I think Menangola's probably a little bit more consistent than Cali is. I think a lot more people love Cali because of the fact that we had him as that cash cow option. 
Um, so a lot more teams have hated him and think he's going to roll around. I just think Menengola is going to do it again. Um, he's going to be uber consistent. I can almost guarantee he's going to finish as a top six forward. Um, yeah, and it's it's a pick that that I'm yeah running with early. Yeah, and, and I'm running with it too because I love everything about Menegol. I love the fact that he's averaging right on 100 with some upside still left in him uh, and the upside him being, well, young in the AFL but quite mature um, in many aspects of his game too. Yeah, developing. I mean, he's only going to continue to develop as well. Um, the other one that I just want to touch on that I really like is Mitch Duncan as well. I'm not going to go into details or anything, but he's... he's a super pod, and I think he's probably going to benefit a lot if Gary Ablett does go sit more time up forward this year. I think he'll be locked into that midfield. Um, your outlandish statement? Well, for the Cats, Jesus, what would be my outlandish statement? Um, I don't feel like there's anything too outlandish to say about the Cats. Like they'll just do what they'll do, but my outlandish statement will be Menegola. Um, well, no, I won't say Menegola because you might even take that. No, nah, you go. Um, go I'm not. Well, I'm going to say Menegola will uh, will will beat Isaac Heaney overall and average uh, for the season. I like that. I like that. Um, my one, Darcy Fort will do enough to be a ruck too. <laughs> well, that, that is, to be honest, is is well within uh, well within reaching distance. So that if we're running with the Formics at uh, number two to start the season. So I'm expecting a nice big average from uh, Darcy Fort. Um, anything else for the, the Cats? No, let's move on. Let's go to the Gold Coast Suns. And where is your value pick coming from? Oh, well, there's only one person here who uh, has been in my team since day one and has not moved yet from the Gold Coast Suns, and his name is Sam Collins. So we're looking at a bloke in 2017 who sets the record for most amount of intercept marks in a state league or TSC Cup competition in the waffle when he took 81 marks. He went out into the VFL last year and re-broke that record and went from 81, reset it, to 110 calls. Can you believe that? From 17 games. 17 games. That is, gee, I don't know how good my bloody maths is, but that could be just about six a game, uh, intercept marks. So intercept marks, intercept possessions, that is huge. He had 11 intercept possessions a game last season to go with his six intercept marks. He averaged 10 contested possessions a game. He averaged 124 ranking points. Um, now, if you translate all those stats into the AFL, he would have been the number one ranked uh, defender, well, number one ranked uh, key defender last year, um, kind of within those stats. I think at 188,000, this is too good to refuse. You know he's going to get a game. Um, bit stiff to get kind of booted from um, from the freer list a few years back, and in his first year, we saw him average 72. So, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a track record there. Uh, you could call him a mature age pick as well because he is 24 and has played AFL footy before before having to go down to the lower levels. But he's an absolute lock for our team. I was stunned when Freo actually got rid of him and then that he wasn't picked up by another AFL club. Yeah, all redrafted yeah, as a rookie by Freo. Keeping like, he was one that really impressed me when he yeah. came on the scene. So... I think we've got a bit of a gem there at 188k and definitely will play. Um, oh, poor Harrison Wig, eh? Yeah. Absolute killer. Just the was, the other one. Oh. was the other one that was in my team from day one, but unfortunately had to move out, um, what's it, about a week ago now? Um, yeah. So luckless. It's it's not fair. Um, look, there's a couple I could talk about. I could 
talk about uh, Corbet. Um, could you go on the about, French pronunciation, have yeah, you? Yeah, could talk about... Um, <laughs> Ranky. Ranky. But what kind of pre-season podcast would it be, Bombs, yeah. if I didn't mention Corey Ellis? <laughs> it wouldn't be a pre-season podcast. Now, hear me out here. <laughs> So he's had a real he's had, he's gone down oh. the hard path. He's had a real hard time trying to bake in that Richmond team. Um, <laughs> struggled early days trying to find his feet. He went back to the VFL last year and he ranked number one of all general defend uh, all general defenders um, in the champion data ranking points per game. He's just had to go back find his feet. It's it's a bit of fresher breath air moving up. It's nice. It's hot. You know, he's a chiselled young lad. He's going to go up there with a, with a bunch of confidence off that half-back flank. He was a beautiful kick in his under-18 TAC Cup days. And, and I think Corey Ellis is going to surprise a few. So, historically, doesn't score too well. Averages of 36, 61, 46, 47. But, mate, he's going to go down to the Gold Coast Suns. He's probably going to average, I reckon, maybe 75 to 80. Really just turn his year around, turn his career around, and, and, and just be that general rebounding defender off that half-back flank. So, Coriolis is one for mine. Just to keep an eye out over the JLT. Not to mention, mate, Stephen May's gone. They lost their kick-in taker. Coriolis can roost the ball. <laughs> They've also got Jared Hardbury out there, mate. Uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's not, oh, Corey. He's not he's Corey Ellis. Very, very focused on uh, Corey Ellis. Uh, he... Oh, God, almost ran with him in my team again last year. Thank God that didn't happen. I'll tell you the best part about Corey Ellis is when, in the prospectus, the Frico says, we'll get more opportunities. Now, he's the best bit, potential breakout candidate. <laughs> Oh, there you go, me and the Frigo on the same page. <laughs> you and Frigo are an absolute idiots. Oh, lovely left foot, lovely left foot. I cannot wait for the year that Coriolis is going to have. Uh, <laughs> last year, we know it was all about the Sith, the year before. Mitch Hannon, I reckon I might get my Coriolis Gold Coast cutout coming down here. Nice <laughs> you've, you've really been about Coriolis the last decade, though. That's the thing. <laughs> he could just let me down for his whole career, but I really hope he doesn't. Uh, Mid-pricer, mate. He will let you down. Um, hey, another one. They've, they've got plenty of... Um, sorry, they've got plenty of uh, rookies, though. They've got Will Power, who's training the house down. They've got Lacocious, too. A couple other ones that we didn't mention. Jazz McLennan, as well, on that um, back flank. So they've got a lot that we might potentially see at some stage this year. My mid-pricer, there's only one mid-pricer worthy of consideration. For me, that's uh, Miles, the, the bloke that's come over from Richmond that was originally at GWS. Um, so third club now. Sorry? I said Anthony. Anthony? Is it, what did I say? No, you didn't say anything. You just said Miles, and I was just oh. backing you. Man, oh, okay, relax. Yeah, oh, no, I thought I'd pulled one of those Liam Ryan situations <laughs> yeah. from last year. That's why I was like, gee, I've done it again. Um, this is, I'm staying away from first, line, first names this year. Um, so career super coach averages over his last five seasons of 99, 97, 89, 70, and 89. So look, I'd be expecting to see something around that kind of 90 average, to be honest, at an absolute minimum. This could kind of be a pick where if you, for instance, when Liberatore over him, where you would just be kicking yourself. Um, injury hasn't been the issue. It's been the teams he's been in and just opportunities on field. But, um, gee, if there's ever going to be a time for him to get opportunities, it's going to be right now. And look, 
at 340-odd K. Um, if he was to average 90 on the dot, we're seeing players priced at around 490K who averaged 90 last year. So if he's able to average a 90, you're looking at 150K increase. And even if he only averages your 80, oh, sorry, pardon me, um, you're still looking at probably about $100,000 increase as well. Um, so look, worst case scenario, he averages 80 and makes you 100K. I think this one here is a, a definite must pick. I wonder if he could go to that 100 level. If he's yeah, just a pure midfielder. Yeah, no, there's no reason why he can't. That'd be that'd be handy. Um, I'm going to take one out of your book from the one you chose the other day in uh, in our top ten, the surprise the surprise picks. I'm going to go with Lockie Weller. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that we got him as a defender is pretty handy. They need they they just lost their their basically their whole core over the last bloody five years. So they need someone to step up. They spent a lot on him. Um, they said their number two draft pick across the Frio for Lockie Weller. You know, what is he, 24 this year? Or just, no, no, he's just turned 23. So, um, yeah, it's about time that he repays the faith. Good kick. Stagnant climb in his average over the last couple of years. So if he could go into the midfield and, or even behind the ball, they might use him behind the ball and that almost Coriolis, he might have to share duties with him, so that might be a little bit tough. Um, but Lockie Weller is, yeah, it's probably worse risk of 400k than Lockie Weller. And Budge, what'd you, uh, Budge, uh, Bombs, what'd you have him at, what, your second overall defender for the year, your top 10? Second overall defender, Lockie Weller. You all there? Isn't that what you had him at? Nah, no, I had him around about, no, I can't even remember where I put him on that podcast, that podcast, uh, feels like so long ago for me now. There was that much trauma that happened to me in that potty. I just had to kind of forget about it. But nah, fair where was he? Number 10 or 9? He, would he wouldn't have been very deep there. It was more of a... I was using my uh, kind of picks around 8, 9, 10 to kind of just pick some heavy X factor. Yeah, and have a bit of fun with it. But um, it's it's someone who I probably wouldn't encourage it, but uh, you could do a hell of a lot worse, and it would not surprise me to see someone like that average about 95 on the year. Could be one of those real cheeky, sneaky ones that gets into yeah. our top ten without us even realising. Mm-hmm. Like a heat of shore last year. Uh, <laughs> your primo? My oh, primo. Well, well, this is the problem because Gold Coast don't own premium players. And I, look, how many? I don't know if you got the numbers there on you, but how many players do they have over four hundred and fifty k? That's how many. Three. I mean, so who, who are they? I'm going to take a guess. Swallow, uh, yeah, Miller, and Wits. Wits. Would that be it? Um, <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Uh, is Miller available as a forward? Nah, mid only. Yeah, so Miller and Swallow aren't options because they're going to get nowhere near probably the top 20. Um, Wits, she, he seems like the only one you can make a case for here um, for me. I'm going to do something a little bit cheeky, though. I'm going to say that their highest averaging midfielder this year is going to be Will Brody. Um, and I know he's not premium priced, but I think if you're going to take a if you're going to kind of take a punt and uh, you know you want something kind of a little bit outlandish, maybe I can work that you know two into one here, make a my outlandish statement. Will Brody will be the highest averaging um, midfielder at the Gold Coast Suns. Well, I guess that will probably make him the uh, highest averaging player at the Gold Coast Suns. Then wouldn't I? Um, his end to last year was good. I mean, after he got dropped and he kind of came back, just a totally different player. His contested numbers were really, really good. And um, how, how would you like these as kind of scores from, for a player, right? Considering, you know, the type of player he is and where he is in the, where he's at in his AFL career and his price. 
78, 60, 76, 95, 91, and then he got injured on 25 um, during the second quarter of his last game there for the year. So someone here who could score 90, I think, pretty frequently and uh, might kind of be a breakout candidate as opposed to a premium. But, I mean, we're really clutching at straws to kind of speak anything positively about Gold Coast right now. Yeah, I'm a big Will Brody fan too. Backed him for Rising Star. What was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. He owes me. He owes me. <laughs> um, I'll go big wits then. I think there's probably there's probably worse ruckman out there. It wouldn't be I would not be surprised at all. It comes seasons then he snuck into the top five ruckman. They've got to get points from somewhere. He's a big lad, and he's not too bad at his feet either for someone who's that big. So I think he'll get a couple clearances. He'll get balls out. He'll do what he needs to do. Um, but there's no way I'm spending up on any of those Gold Coast players, that's for sure. Could be their captain as well, Jerry. Yeah, Tookie. Um, but yeah, you've already done your outlandish statement. My outlandish statement for Gold Coast, they won't win a game this year. <laughs> Apparently paying twelve to one on, on uh, was it Temple Sports? Oh, Pepper Gamble responsibly. That's probably Anders too, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they they will probably. You want an outlandish statement? I'll, I'll give you one. I reckon Gold Coast Suns will not finish bottom of the ladder. <laughs> Scott's just come with the outlandish statement after outlandish statement. <laughs> well, anything that you kind of say about Gold Coast is virtually outlandish. I tell you what, if you're a coach finishing below Gold Coast, you're not there next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's virtually guaranteed. That's. As factual as it comes. <laughs> oh, pretty spot on. Um, also, Elitis, we've got a group code. I keep forgetting to read it out at the end of podcast. Um, yeah. 661-452. So hop into leagues. Uh, and then there's a tab, I think, Bons, you want to talk me through it? There's a tab there that changes the to group. tab that says group. Yeah. Yep. So instead of, so instead of you've got your regular leagues where you can switch between whatever leagues you're in, just to the right of that, you'll see a little drop-down thing that says groups. Go into groups and add this group, this group code. 661-452. Now, the intention of the group code uh, is, well, just to get everyone in the community um, in one gigantic league competing kind of for the overall spot, and we will have a prize for the top three in uh, in there at season's end. We had 200-plus um, last year. We're kind of already on that mark at the moment, um, you know, 30-odd days out from the season start. So, uh, yeah, let's let's try to get 500. That's what we're hoping for. Yep, that is the aim, Elitis. All right, Bons, anything else to add? No, mate. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Elitis, uh, peace out. Thanks for listening.